Internet of Things devices are all around us in our homes and workplaces with more and more of us installing these devices in order to help productivity and just make life easier around the house. But sometimes these devices do make us more vulnerable to cyber attacks as well, because many of them aren't as secure as they could be. I'm Danny Palmer. This is ZDNet Security Update. And with me to discuss some of the more unusual hackable IoT devices is Craig Young, Principal Security Researcher at Tripwire. Thanks for joining hey, me, Craig. So first of all, I guess one of the weirdest things you've discovered recently is, a, is an internet-connected toothbrush. I guess, you know, why was this connected to the internet in the first place, and what did you find? Yeah, so that's a really good question of why is this uh, connected to the internet. And to be honest, I didn't really intentionally go out and seek out Bluetooth toothbrushes. I kind of, um, I wanted new toothbrushes for my kids, nice rechargeable ones. And this was the top recommendation on Amazon. Didn't even notice it had Bluetooth, but yeah, um, I played around with them, let my kids use them and learned a little bit about what it's doing there. And the internet connectivity here, it's its not exactly connected to the internet directly. It's connected to an app, which has internet connectivity, of course, um, but it kind of gamifies the process of brushing teeth for the kids, um, puts like a video game into it where they're collecting prizes and uh, seeing a video that shows them Here's the order we brush our teeth in and how long you should be spending on each thing. But it also comes with some of these kind of weird quirks to it. So apart from some things not necessarily functioning always as well as they should, you've got some weird quirks about the way that you're using it and what kind of information you're disclosing by using it. So for example, whenever you're turning on this uh, toothbrush, it's turning itself into a Bluetooth beacon. Anyone within radio range can know, hey, somebody's brushing their teeth there. And, I'm not sure how valuable that information really is, but um, it is information that it shouldn't be externally known potentially. And when you start thinking about other kinds of devices, uh, these problems can kind of magnify. Um, and in a lot of cases, you have the apps that are connected to these devices just asking for permissions, which maybe it's a bit much, like maybe the toothbrush doesn't really need to have access to all the files on my phone and access to the microphone and camera for this thing that's being used in the bathroom. Um, but I guess that's a, a longer conversation. It's one of those things where it seemingly does have a, a useful impact. I, I can't imagine getting kids to brush their teeth is the easiest thing in the world. And if it's got this gamified element, that helps. But yes, this whole Bluetooth element is, is the odd one here because I suppose you know, that has a connection. It shows, it allows them to find out what's going on but as you say this might have not have been built with uh, security in mind uh, when doing this you know getting the kids to brush their teeth is good but there's elements here which have may have not been thought about by the uh, producers of, the, of this toothbrush yeah and i wouldn't necessarily go so far as to say that they've made it insecurely they actually did make some technical steps i'm not going to go into such detail on it to protect elements of the app. And I, I appreciate that about it. Um, but what it is, is that you have unintentional consequences from connecting the technologies, really. We see this a lot, and there's a lot of things in our homes where there's there's obviously a need or a perceived need to do these sorts of things. and But there are, uh, as you say, unintentional consequences. Uh, another one of these uh, in, uh, types of devices is uh, you know, smart locks and security cameras and that sort of thing, which you know, are fulfilling a need that people desire. They want to be able to you know, keep their homes secure or be able to mm -hmm. you know, see what's going on. 
outside their house. But then there's cases where you can see where, you know, if your address is registered on uh, one of these devices and or if there's you no know, pictures of outside or inside your home, uh, that could potentially create vulnerabilities if uh, the data is not managed in the correct way. Yeah, and it's not even just the the damage that it can cause to you from the exposure of your personal data. It's the damage it can cause to really our whole society. When you look back at IoT botnets, Mirai, for example, IoT Reaper, um, they've demonstrated that if you pull together all these devices, you have some substantial resources. And I'm not necessarily expecting that somebody is going to be able to weaponize remotely exploitable IoT devices in mass um, so frequently to be a real threat. But what I do worry about is when you've got products that are little computers, maybe two or three security cameras that have full-fledged computing systems on them that are pulling down firmware updates from some company that can get hacked and have that firmware replaced with malware, that's the doomsday scenario that I kind of fear about. And there's a lot of reason to believe that vendors really don't take that infrastructure seriously. They're rushing out the door with features and not taking the time to lay the groundwork of security. Um, I actually looked at one particular smart lock uh, couple months back. Um, it was a Kickstarter lock that's now sold in lots of home improvement stores here in the US. We've got it at Home Depot and um, other big box stores. But when I actually I came across this product, not because I saw ads for it and wanted to test it, but rather I was using the Shodan internet search engine, the IoT search engine, and came across something that looked like a data leak. And I traced it back to the company, bought their product to analyze to see you know, I'm seeing what looks like customer data here and accesses to people's locks, but for all I know, this might just be their test server or something that they've left exposed. But when I bought the lock and set it up for myself and I could actually see my own data coming out in that leak, then it was time to contact them and work with them. But there are so many different companies in the IoT space that there are not enough security researchers going out of their way to work with them and fix these things. And there's been cases in the past where ident- vulnerabilities have been identified in certain types of uh, device. Uh, one that springs to mind was a, a children's toy. And you know, you, they've had security researchers say, hey, look, this is, this is insecure. But then the company basically turned around and said, nope, there's nothing wrong here. And there's sometimes a, it can be difficult for security researchers to actually get that cooperation with uh, these companies because either they think that you know, their product is perfect and there's nothing wrong with it or there's been plenty of examples where security researchers have approached these companies and say hey I've discovered this vulnerability and then said company has turned around and accused the researcher of trying to blackmail them or something like that and it's just hmm. it, it seems the IoT space there's a there's a lot of companies in this space because it's a thing that uh, many there's you know, there's a desire for these products but in some cases, uh, these companies aren't as mature as they could be in terms of how they go about doing things, which is creating vulnerabilities uh, in, in the ways that they build devices, and then ultimately potentially putting users at risk, uh, as, you, as you just uh, detailed. Yeah, I think there's still a bit of a mentality of, um, I'm making something for a home, so I don't really need to take all of the security precautions so seriously. A good example of this is years ago, fortunately, I haven't gotten so many responses like this in more recent years, but um, I had found a vulnerability on the security camera that I bought for my home. And it was a pretty simple thing where a directory traversal would allow me to access a memory dump and that would contain 
the password for the camera as well as passwords for like the the email server that it might alert from and everything um i emailed the company and they took a little while and eventually got back to me and said don't worry about this this camera is not made for a high security environment everything is fine and it never got fixed as far as i know which is a worrying prospect as you mentioned uh, just now in a mirai the mirai botnet showed what can happen when uh, insecure IoT devices uh, can be taken over. I remember that day very uh, clearly because at the time a lot of my media was coming through my PlayStation, you know, TV, games, you know, apps, that sort of thing. Sony was one of the companies got hit by Mirai. So suddenly I found that I had no access to basically any of the services I usually required, uh, which yeah. was just a, you know, it was sort of a sort of, uh, sort of whoa, this is a you know, real uh, big thing incident, especially as you know, it was such a big event which took down so much uh, but you mentioned that was a you know, ultimately a ddos attack which took down vast ways of the internet uh, you touched upon a moment ago how you know things like malware could be implanted into these things uh, or you no know, things to actually go out and do more than just a ddos attack and we saw recently how uh, even legitimate security updates can be poisoned mm -hmm. as it were now as we've seen with things like solar winds and if there's this sort of thing that has to be thought about and you know, you're in traditional for want of a better term, IT companies are struggling with this sort of thing. I guess it's going to be an issue for IoT device manufacturers as well. Yes, absolutely. And supply chain attacks are something that it's, it's something of an intractable problem at this kind of scale. And um, I think it's very clear that uh, adversaries are out there investigating these things and I don't see any reason why they would stop at attacking home devices, honestly. So when it comes to protecting home devices from cyber attacks, uh, assuming that people uh, want to need these devices in their homes, uh, what sort of things should they be doing in order to make themselves as secure as possible from uh, being uh, made a victim of a cyber attack by vulnerabilities in uh, any of these devices? Yeah, I mean, one of the first things to do is avoiding buying things that you don't really need. Every device that you're adding into your environment is increasing your risk surface. Um, but beyond that, there's some things like having devices on separate networks. So for if you can afford the little bit of overhead, you can buy a second wireless router and have IoT devices connecting into that and have that connecting ahead of your normal computing devices. Um, with some IoT devices, this will limit some functionality, and you might find yourself needing to switch over to another, the other Wi-Fi network. But it can also prevent a lot of um, issues like cross-site request forgeries and other attacks, DNS rebinding, where somebody's uh, web browsing is going to be redirected towards a device on the local network. Um, moreover, though, you've got to kind of consider the brand that you're buying from, and is this company going to continue to be around? Do they have a track record? for um, taking care of security or do they have a track record of breaches? Um, not all of these things are going to be obvious though. I mean, there are companies out there that have strong security reputations who I've worked with their security teams personally, and I can absolutely vouch that there is no good security model there. It's all theater. Um, so I don't, I feel like probably regulations are going to be needed to prevent some of the worst disasters that could come out of the coming century. There's that they're trying to do that here in the UK, actually, you know, there's been some legislation over the last few years trying to uh, 
build security by design into IoT products where mm-hmm. they, you, they, you can basically get like a, a stamp of approval to go on the box of your device in the store um, or online saying, you know, this product is secure, which is all well and good. But when you've got uh, consumers buying IoT devices from, you know, massive online retailers where they can buy, you know, devices made, you know, across the other side of the world and might not even know who that manufacturer is. They're just buying it because it's, the, you know, one of the cheapest options. Yeah. That's something that's going to, you know, create problems going forward. Obviously, it's a free market and people can buy what they want. But that's kind of uh, the issue here with IoT devices in a way that uh, it's great for consumers that they've got this choice. But for security professionals, it is causing you guys a bit of a headache ultimately. Yeah. And I mean, if it was all personal risk, it would be a little bit of a different situation than the fact that our society really relies on these technologies at its core. You talked about how how much of a struggle it was when you couldn't watch TV uh, during the Mariah attack. But imagine if you couldn't go out to an ATM and get cash, you couldn't file your taxes, you couldn't get unemployment checks, any of these services that are all computer driven at this point, um, that would be quite a, a problem. And allowing people to buy and put whatever they want onto the internet, um, I think it should be protected, but it needs to be protected within reason. Um, and it's a, a very difficult rope to walk here. Definitely is. So there's a lot to think about here. And you've given some great advice on how people can protect themselves from uh, IoT attacks and keep their devices secure. So thanks for joining me on ZDNet Security Update, Craig. And for more information on how to keep your devices secure and staying secure online in general, sure to keep watching ZDNet Security Updates. And of course, there's everything on ZDNet.com. Thanks for watching.